Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, greetings. Welcome in on a Monday morning. Glad to have you with us this February 26th, 2024. Starting out at 38 degrees in the capital city. Oh, but do we have a long way to go, as you just heard in the newscast there from Stephen. Yeah, we're uh, we're looking at breaking records today. We're going where the weather has never gone before on February 26th to the 80s. Where we're going, we don't need sleeves. No, yes. Is that I what was going to say just pants in general you don't need. At this it's, point, it's a no pants Monday. It's a no, here we are, another no pants Monday as we are uh, gonna open the pools back up, get Star City Shores, yes. get Star City Shores cooking, get the kids out there, right? Right after school, line them up 80 degrees, get them down the water slide, right? If you start filling the, the, the pools now, you can have them ready to go. It can warm through the afternoon, I'm sure. Right, that 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 seventy degree February sun can beat down on that. I mean, get, listen, you know, yeah. I mean, you're gonna, you're obviously gonna need them open earlier this year, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got look. You walk around Lincoln right now. You got buds on trees. You got daffodils coming up out the ground on February twenty sixth. Nature believes we are a month later than we actually are. At this point, right? And who's to say that we aren't? Maybe nature is right and we're wrong in terms of where we're at right now. Yeah, but there's snow potential late Tuesday into Wednesday. Uh, you know, kids can swim through some snow. <laughs> back in my day. I would say, back, in, <laughs> back in the pool. Back, back in my day, we walked... We walked to school uphill both ways in the snow, and on the way home, we stopped at the pool. <laughs> we, we we swam to school uphill both ways in the snow. Yeah, okay, so what's this snow thing? On uh, on on uh, Tuesday, tomorrow, that would be, we're dropping, dr- dropping like a rock. Something changes in the atmosphere, start out. Start out warm in the overnight to the morning hours, and then we drop from 50 to 34 starting at about 11 a.m. Uh, north winds ugh, gusting up to 36 mile an hour. Uh, Tuesday night, 30% chance of snow before midnight. Uh, during that, again, wind gusts throughout the course of the night that are going to be pretty high. And then sat, uh, Wednesday, your high of 39. Uh, by the time you get to Thursday, though, sunny, high of 57. So, uh, day and a half, day and a half of this, right, is pretty much about it. Lunchtime Tuesday until Thursday morning, and this is all pretty much back to back to normal. And then, you know, and then we got 70s in the forecast again for next weekend. 73 Saturday, 77 on Sunday. But, so, but and the, we'll be into March by then. But the softball home opener is Friday. <laughs> <laughs> Friday is a high of 65. You're good. You're good. Sunny and 65. You're good for okay. that. No, yeah, you're It's just fine. like, man, we we had all this all this good weather all through this last weekend, and then softball, hey, we're going to come back yeah. from California. But I can guarantee you that first, when, when is that first baseball game? A couple of weeks that's supposed to be at home, 
They play, I think, South Alabama. So not this Friday, but next Friday. Yeah, I can. You can guarantee Maybe it. Thursday. It's next not going to be miserable, but it's going to be a high of like, oh, I don't know, over under about like forty nine and cloudy. That's what you're getting with, for sure. Which with probably which sounds, like decent wind too. Yeah, which sounds like good in the middle middle of winter. It sounds really good. But at a baseball game in March when the wind kicks up and you're like, oh, yeah, we'll go out to the old ballpark. And then you're there and you got blankets and, and that sort of thing and hot chocolate. I always think when it gets that cold outside, they should serve uh, heated sunflower seeds. This is my... Interesting. Does anybody else think that's a good idea? Warm sunflower seeds? Warm I don't think, sunflower. Does that sound gross or really good? It doesn't it's sound an idea of it. It doesn't sound good initially. Because <laughs> okay, what, what, what? Thanks for being honest with me. Well, I mean, what, what's a what's a warm sunflower seed? What has it just been sitting in your hand for the last fifteen minutes? No, I That's mean, what like maybe you roast of. them a little bit. Roasted sunflower seed. I mean, I think they are roasted anyway. Are they not? But maybe it's like straight out of the oven. <laughs> I don't know, just an idea for Haymarket Park. Look, I know they're focused on the beer situation right now when we're talking about Haymarket Park concessions, but if we get one of those chi- some of those chilly March games, you need to up that attendance a little bit. Think about it, okay? That's all I'm saying. Think about it. Speaking of uh, busy venues for sports, Pinnacle Bank Arena last night, uh, a nearly packed house for Nebraska and Minnesota, definitely a loud house for Nebraska and Minnesota, and hey, Nebraska basketball wins in relatively easy fashion again. At least the final score says that they won in relatively easy fashion yet again. They're on a roll. They're playing. They're not even. It's weird, Kayla, because they'll have these games where there are definitely flaws in the way that they play. And these this is especially happening in a lot of home games this year. Like they haven't played perfect it's not like you're like this is their best game in terms of how they're playing yet you look up at the scoreboard and you know they're up by 16 right or something yeah. like that which well, was that that's happened against Michigan State and Ohio State and Indiana in Lincoln this year I feel like there was a stretch late in the second half and there are so many times that we've seen a stretch like this and been like okay well that just turned the game they're they're they, it's that's enough for the other team to get the win and Couple bad calls go against Nebraska, and then the refs say, "Fine, you don't like those calls. We're not going to blow our whistle for a few stretch." And on both sides of the floor, it becomes no blood, no foul, and everyone's like, "Okay, this doesn't seem like at all the way the game has been officiated to this point." But Nebraska handled that better, and you see, you you go through those stretches of just weird or overall poor officiating. And in the past, it would be okay. The other the other team handled it better. Well, yesterday you go, oh, Nebraska's handling it better. Also, Nebraska's up twenty right now, so yeah, I don't right? think Nebraska even really had it's, to handle it that yeah. well. It's, I mean, I guess it's a sign of a a team that's doing well is when you don't even feel like they're necessarily playing great, but they're still there's they played well too. I'm not trying to take no yeah. to critique, but like, it's just you know. Casey couldn't really get it going, right? You had some offensive problems generally in the first half. Um, you, yeah, there were a lot you know. of open shots that didn't go in early. <laughs> Layups. <laughs> yeah, and and then you you had some back and forth with some runs, but 
Nebraska just slowly started pulling away, pulling away. Yeah. And it's like they're up Which, more than 20 points. Now, they did play really well defensively throughout the entire Absolutely. game. Had, I don't know if the, if the numbers if the numbers necessarily say like this, say this, but it just in terms of the eye test, that was one of the best rebounding efforts under Fred Hoiberg I think I've ever seen <laughs> as well, well. Josiah Alec with maximum effort at all times oh my from gosh. the tip. Right, yeah. And then, you know, Gary and even Sam Hoiberg going up against bigger guys and mm-hmm. pulling down rebounds throughout the night. And... Sam finally saw somebody smaller than him on a basketball court and tried to just bully the Minnesota point. And it didn't really work. Yeah. But yeah. he went, oh, I'm finally bigger than somebody out here. So it was a fun night at the uh, at the old arena. Uh, Did you see this stat, by the way? No. I mean, I So Nebraska men's basketball, they've won four games in a row. I did see this, yeah. And this is the first time the Huskers have won four straight conference games by 15 or more points since they did so in the Missouri Valley Conference back in 1911-1912. Okay. All right. It has been 112 years, or 100, yeah, 112 years since Nebraska men's basketball has done a four-game conference stretch as well as they have right now. Uh, well, uh, uh, fun night, fun night. Nebraska now goes Thursday night to Ohio State, and I mean, if they win that game, Caleb, it's oh, I, the speculation is over. It's done. Yeah, they're, they're in. in the tournament. They're in if they win mm-hmm. that game. And and frankly, I mean, unless they fall apart now, they're they're probably in as well. So I mean, and we're all scared to jinx it. I get it, but they're not currently. Like, it's inaccurate, I think, to say that they're on the bubble right now. Could they play themselves onto the bubble? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not impossible. But where they are right now, I mean, as it take a snapshot now, and they're safe. It's just not they're, that they're irretrievably safe at mm-hmm. this point. So you still got to take care of business. But you get that win against Ohio State, especially after Ohio State goes in and beats Michigan State yesterday. Yeah. So you go and you get that Ohio State win. Thursday night, you can celebrate, people. Uh, I'll call it, and I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm out of place calling it at that point. Um, if if they win, well, realistically, game, so. you you win one more game over. Right now, they're guaranteed four more games because you had at least one in the Big Ten tournament. Nebraska wins one more game out of the next four. I think they're in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, here's how you get on the bubble: you go zero and four over the right, next right, four. right. Like that that that's the way it is. Yeah. But even then. Even then, there's still the potential Nebraska would get in if they went 0-4. Right. So you feel good, but you take care of business so that you can start playing for seeding as opposed to, are we in? You can get yourself to the not playing in Minneapolis until the third day of the tournament. Which would if be they get in the top four. amazing because since I've been here, they've only, granted that's not like, oh, I've been here 20 years, I've been here four. They've only played on Wednesday nights. Yeah. They did get the double bye against uh, the the... The one year and lost to Michigan and then didn't make the NCAA tournament. So that's the uh, that's the last time that that's happened. But yeah, they got a shot. They got a shot at getting that double bye and waiting until Friday and ha- playing a team that's played once or twice uh, already in the tournament when they get there. So could could make for a fun run. Then you have a pretty good crowd of Nebraska fans up in Minneapolis for that here in a couple of weeks. So yeah, that'll be that fun. starts two weeks from two weeks from Wednesday. Women got a big win yesterday as well, and so they're. They're working on getting a double buy in the yeah, Big they, Ten Women's Tournament. Yeah, so. they'll finish their regular season at Illinois this next Sunday. And when when you look at where they're at, they're sitting right on that line of potentially getting a, a double buy. So they're in a really good spot. 
not just to also make the NCAA tournament, but playing themselves into some decent seating as well. Uh, but before that, though, how about the halftime and Jeremiah wow. Charles and all of that athleticism in the Husker football dunk contest at halftime of a Nebraska basketball it was, game? It was pretty fun. It was pretty fun. But Jeremiah Charles completely stole the show because he put down, I mean, I was it. I was shocked mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. the dunks he was throwing down. That, I, you, there's a good chance if you don't follow football super closely, you didn't even know the name. Um, people, He's played in two games. People who were there last night will remember. <laughs> people will play there last night because he was, there was, the other guys were, you know, good. He looked like he could be in a actual, like, basketball dunk contest, right? Yes. Like an NBA-type dunk contest, he looked like. So. Here, here's the most impressive thing about that yesterday. Jeremiah Charles just competed in the Big Ten Track Indoor Championships the day before. On Saturday, yeah. He went because he's, he's him, like, uh, like Jalen Lloyd, Husker football players that are competing on the track and field team. Yep. He went and jumped... So he went through and did all of his stuff. Typically, when you come out of a, a, a meet like that, you've got some weaker legs. Like, you're not 100% ready to go. He looked springy as all get out yesterday. Mm-hmm. Coming off, of, ju- he jumped 50 feet in the triple jump, 24 that, feet in the long. That means nothing to me. Is that those, good? Are, those are good jumps. Okay. He scored points okay. while he was there. And to score points, got to be top eight. Okay. <laughs> and then he comes in. Goes between the legs, goes windmill 360. Yep. 360 uh, or windmill and then throws it down two hands backwards. Yes. Uh, if you weren't there, Emma Johnson tried to dunk a jump over Matt Rule. It didn't quite work. It made for some great pictures, though. And it's too, and the other thing, the, uh, I'm, su- I'm sad they didn't just do this exhibition-wise because they did that Emma, jo- uh, Emma Johnson dunk after it was kind of all over. Apparently, there was a plan. Heinrich Harburg was in the dunk contest, and there was apparently a plan to bring Harper Murray out, and she was actually going to set him the ball oh. <laughs> on a dunk. But he didn't make the final. And he didn't make the final. But they let Emmett do his sort of exhibition one with Matt Rule. Yeah. I'm disappointed that they didn't at least... Bring out because people would have went nuts if they brought Harper out there. Yeah, uh, for uh, for for Heinrich Harburg that, to, to do. That's that, one of those so. things. I know when because you you've had on on your podcast you've had Husker volleyball players on and they talk about all right. Well, they're the famous ones, no matter who they're out with. Yes, you see on the big screen in Pinnacle Bank Arena, and it's there's Heinrich Harburg next to Harper Murray. And I was like, man, you. You were a multi-game starter with a winning record as a Nebraska football quarterback. I'm sorry, but the crowd is cheering because Harper Murray's on the I mean, screen, man. <laughs> so it's funny because like, the, the athletic department has done such a great job this last year or so in like just sort of like unity of support, right? And you go to a women's game and there's a bunch of, you know, there's men's, men's players there, there's football players there, there's volleyball players. You go to a men's game. There's there's women's players there. There's volleyball players there. There's football players there. All you go to a wrestling meet, you, you know, you see in that sort of thing too. Uh, Matt Rule's there. Trev Alberts there, right? You, for other assistant football coaches there. Jalen Reyes and John Cook are there in the stand. And mm-hmm. like my daughter's to the point now when she comes to the game with me, like she's she's knows where every local Husker athletic sports celeb is in the crowd. Yeah, and I can't remember a few weeks ago we did go to a game where we saw. Uh, 
uh, Harper Murray and Heinrich Harburg sitting together. My daughter's pointing them out, as she often does, especially with the volleyball players. And while we were looking at them and she was pointing them out, we saw a girl come up. <laughs> A little girl come up to uh, Heinrich and Harper and uh, wanted to have a picture. Heinrich Harper had to get out of the way. (laughs) The quarterback for Nebraska football had to get out of the way to have the picture with a volleyball player. But uh, it's really between what... What Trev and Rule and a lot of yeah, you got Becca Alex sitting in the student sec. She sits in the student section every game. Yes, uh, my son. No, my son tells me he's like he's he's sat by her and talks to her during the game, right? Yep. And then Josiah out at the volleyball games and the the women's basketball games and those sorts of things. The first one storming the court. Yeah, we've <laughs> seen a bunch of the men's basketball guys at at the women's basketball games. It's we've, really cool. We've seen Bergen Riley there. I ran in. I didn't talk to him, but Matt Rule had his whole family out there last night. So I got to see he and his daughters uh, walking through the concourses and trying to beat. Now, they did not leave. This was not like the leave early thing where Nebraska fans like to leave early with three minutes left and Nebraska's down by nine. He left with about 15 seconds left to try and just beat just beat the probably the masses of people that would probably (laughs) prohibit him from getting his girls home in time. For them to go to bed early and get to school the next morning, yeah, that I would think be so. a traffic situation. <laughs> All right, so fun night uh, there. Mark Vale is out today, so so yeah, a, a little little light on huge headlines this morning too, as well locally. So uh, that's why we were uh, getting into some of the things that happened this weekend with the basketball and the uh, weather and beyond. So we'll have more coming up though, as well. We'll grab a break. Caleb's got sports, got news. Uh, we'll get into the sound off. After that, too, South Carolina primary is over. What's next? We'll tell you right after this. It's 625 on KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. A look at news from both inside and outside of Lincoln. And conversation on how that news affects us here. It's time for the Sound Off on LNK Today. All right, 637, welcome back. LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLIN. 38 degrees in the capital city, but as you heard, we've got a chance to have a warmer February the 26th since we've had since the 1800s today. If we can best 79 degrees. Uh, as I said, busy show today. We've... Uh, we got Bill Steffen coming in for the lead center. I don't, I don't know if people saw this or not, but they unveiled their Broadway series for the upcoming season just a few days ago. So Exciting. Talk to Bill about that. Dear Evan Hansen is coming, among other things. 
Let's talk to Bill about that uh, and what's uh, going on the lead here during the second half of uh, the winter portion of this season. I guess winter into spring portion is uh, what you would what you would call it. And then a little bit later, uh, we will have. Tim Herza joining us for his regular spot at 810 this morning. Talk about what's going on in Nebraska news and politics. And Kent Pavelka uh, joins us, returns to the show, uh, as he will be talking Nebraska basketball with us as we discussed pretty extensively in that first segment about their win last night and what the implications of that are. So really looking forward to having KP on the show today. A couple other things just to uh, uh, look forward to here. As we uh, get into the week, uh, Munch Madness, obviously, right? Uh, the trying of the restaurants is going on very extensively in the background. Yes. Uh, we've been, I've been getting reports from various places around town this week in terms of uh, how many people are going out and trying these places for the first time that are in the bracket, or maybe not the first time as well. Uh, we heard, we, we tried to get the word out that Ybor. What, who's the 16th seed in the Cayenne region this year? Uh, that they they were going to do a pop up restaurant Friday out at Zipline Beer Hall. So we tried to get the word out because it's uh, you only have limited opportunities to try them. And so mm-hmm. I want to make sure people, if they wanted to, got got out there. Uh, we uh, we heard that there was a line, a very a very big line there. Uh, for people waiting to try it, but in a very good way. Uh, so a lot of people trying out Ybor. We've uh, continued to hear more stories about people going out. Uh, we talked to Maria from our office today. She tried out Me Mexico Lindo right this weekend, mm-hmm. and they were they had the bracket up on the door. They were ready to go, and she said it was fantastic as well. So, again, would love to hear from you guys on the text line. That's probably the easiest way to do it, or you can tag us on social media. If you do try one of the Munch Madness places, um, let us know. Shoot us a picture. Shoot us. Uh, make sure and let the people at the restaurant know that you're stopping there to try them out. Uh, make sure they know that they're in the. I think everyone knows by now they're in the bracket, but you might you might just uh, uh, j- just ask how they're uh, how they're feeling about the whole thing and tell them that you're supporting them because of much madness. So we'd love to hear those stories going forward. Voting beginning next week. Yes, we are voting. That's a good. That's a good point. You still have all of this week and then half of next week to try the places before anyone is eliminated. But the stark reality is, it is a competition, and eventually we're going to have to start paring down the field of 64, and that will start on Wednesday, a week from, a week from this Wednesday. So like mm-hmm. nine days away, that would be March 6th, and that is your first day of voting. And if you want to follow along on your bracket, we'll do the first four matchups in the Cayenne region, and then you can just go down the bracket. Next day, Thursday, you'll do the next four matchups in the Cayenne region, and then keep going down. Uh, let's see, the uh, Basil region is next. Yep. That would be the next four there. And then the next one, and you can kind of do it. Or you can just go to KLIN.com. It has got the full voting schedule for you as well. So. Three weeks away from starting round two. Wow. And That's we a long are... first round. Yeah. Yeah, it, it takes, well, if, if we're a, a week and a half away from, right. from getting going, and it takes eight days to, eight different voting days to go through that first right. round. right. All right, so 
There you go. We'd love to hear from you in terms of uh, getting out and trying places to eat from Munch Madness. All right. It's time to get into our sound off today. So let's get going with that. Don't forget, we got Tom's talk coming up here in about 15 minutes as well. So you won't want to miss that. Uh, we'll start today in South Carolina. Uh, Primary results, uh, pretty much what we expected. That was uh, Donald Trump winning about 60 to 40. Let's find out a little bit more about that. Both campaigns have moved on quickly from here in South Carolina, you know, but the road only becomes more difficult from, for Haley from here. Uh, the way that these states in the upcoming elections are set up, there are many of them are winner take all. So that means that Trump is likely to rack up more delegates from here. Let's look at the breakdown of the results from last night that divide. Trump earned roughly 60% of the vote, about 40% went to former Governor Haley. The former president had a strong Strong showing in rural and suburban communities. He took the stage within minutes of the polls closing when the race was almost immediately called. There had been little suspense inside his election headquarters last night. A lot of confidence there. All right. So I am uh, taking a look at that calendar now. So she says she's uh, she's sticking. Around. Well, let me let me play this for you first, because what we've talked about is the fact that she said she going to stick around that she's in it for the long haul mm-hmm. but as we've indicated before and i think is probably well accepted by a lot of people is that candidates don't necessarily leave because they're not going to win they leave because the money dries it's up. all about that, the money that's a big or at least it's a very big factor i suppose they could just be done with the whole thing and want to get out but whether or not the money is there is probably going to be a huge factor in if what she says actually comes to pass and she stays in it for the long haul, you know, through Super Tuesday and beyond. And this story does not bode well for that as one of her major donors says, you know what? I don't think this is a good investment anymore after South Carolina. Americans for Prosperity Action, the network funded by the billionaire Koch brothers, is withdrawing support for Haley's presidential campaign. Fox News obtaining an email to AFP staffers making the announcement, saying it did not believe that any outside group can make a material difference to widen Haley's path to victory. Despite the loss in her home state to former President Trump Saturday, Haley says she's not throwing the towel in. She traveled to Michigan, which is holding its primary on Tuesday. Haley vowing to stay in the race at least through Super Tuesday on March 5th. Sue Guzman, Fox News. All right, that's actually kind of coming up now. Yeah, that's uh, not that far We're away. getting close to it now. So you have Michigan's presidential primary on, on Tuesday. And then on the 2nd, on Saturday, you've got three states that are holding caucuses. And one of them, one of them is Michigan. I I do not understand this system. Why every time, why like half the time I think I know when a state votes, they've also got some other kind of vote for the same party coming up later on the calendar. I mean, it is, this is ridiculous, but nonetheless, caucuses on the second on this Saturday for Michigan, Idaho, and Missouri. Uh, on the third, the re- the residential pri- uh, Republican presidential primary for Republicans for the District of Columbia. Do that on a Sunday, really? Huh. All right, do that on a Sunday. Uh, and then the fourth on Monday, North Dakota having their Republican presidential caucus, and then Super Tuesday on the fifth, 
North Dakota getting out ahead on Super Tuesday, uh, before Super Tuesday. And that's when you've got races in Alabama, Alaska, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Iowa, Maine, Massachusetts, Iowa. Gee, many Christmas. Oh, yeah, because Iowa, the Democrats held back because they wanted South Carolina to go first. So that <laughs> we, had an- we had another round of Iowa caucuses just for the Democrats. Oh, brother. Maine, Massachusetts, Michigan, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, Virginia. And don't forget American Samoa. Nine delegates for American Samoa in the GOP race. Don't want to forget them. Our system so is so what, dumb. That's what we've got coming up. And then... Hawaii has their Democratic presidential primary on the 6th. And then you got to get to the 12th, uh, a week from Super Tuesday, before you have another chunk of states for the Republican primary. And then you've got Georgia, Hawaii, Mississippi, uh, Washington. Uh, and uh, that's it for the GOP primaries during uh, after that. So that's what we got coming up. And then you're through a bunch of them. And, and you still got to wait, what, two months till you get to Nebraska. <laughs> May... 14th. Jeez. Guys, we get it. We know the pre- we know the presidential like it's it's Holy done. Cow. All right, what else do we have going on? Uh this week, don't forget I don't think anybody's going to forget, but don't forget get an extra day <laughs> in February this year. Yay! The worst month of the year usually. It's been pretty good this year. The worst <laughs> month of the year in my mind gets an extra day, so February 29th always feel good for the people who have the February 29th birthday. Like this is your super birthday year, right? This is when you really party. When you're like, yeah, yeah I turned actually 6 get, this year. Yeah, actually get get to uh get to party this year. It comes around every 4 years, February 29th this Thursday, all because the number of days it takes for the Earth to complete one orbit around the sun. 365 days plus 5 hours, 48 minutes and 56 seconds. The extra almost six hours is needed to be accounted for so that seasons don't drift. By adding an extra day every four years, our calendar years stay properly adjusted. For many, leap year is a reminder that the Summer Olympics and the U.S. presidential election is upcoming. Leap year is set to date back to 46 B.C. when Space.com says it was first implemented. Jeff Manasso, Fox News. Space.com, the resource there. <laughs> it's a very specific site. <laughs> Very specific site there. Uh, so, have we? Have you ever had a cell phone, Caleb, that you has maybe has gotten wet, uh, or you've uh, like this happened to me like years ago with a BlackBerry that I had that I had it in the like in the bathroom while I took a shower, okay, and just like the moisture in the air completely messed it up. Uh, you ever had? You ever had that? Yeah. Um, do, what is are? are do you know what people say often is the standard fix for that? Rice. Quickly? Rice. Rice. Yes. Put your phone in rice. I did that with my BlackBerry that had mm-hmm. this happen. I don't remember if mm-hmm. it actually worked or not, but I do remember doing it. Well, Apple is coming out and saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Quit putting, quit putting your iPhones in rice. It is not a good idea. 
evidently, which I thought this was common knowledge for like over a decade. This is what you do when you have a wet phone. Yeah, that's, uh, wet that's phone. the standard procedure. Apparently not. Putting a wet iPhone in a bag of rice can cause more harm than good. So says Apple, which is warning customers against the DIY hack, saying small particles of rice might damage your device. According to the tech giant's updated support page, wet iPhone should be wiped dry, then allowed to air dry until the moisture evaporates. While this is happening, phones should not be plugged into chargers, but wireless charging remains safe. Another tip, don't use a can of compressed air to dry out the phone and keep it away from heat. Pam Puso, Fox News. Okay. Don't put it in the microwave. <laughs> Set the oven to 450 for three hours. So if you need it to air dry, like... How long does that take? I don't know. Is is that and just an overnight? Work? Because what what do we do? We we put it in a, a bag or a container of rice. We just go, all right, well, that's going to sit there all day or overnight. Right. And then you know, okay, good. We're, we're, we're good to go the, the next day. What's the air drying? Like, how long does that take? I don't know. Are you disagreeing with Apple here? I'm not going to stop using rice <laughs> if my phone goes in water, refuses. Okay? He is not afraid of the tiny... Tiny microscopic rice I'm, rice particles getting into the nooks and crannies of his phone. And I'm taking it. their advice the same way I took the advice from the makers of Uno when they said you can't stack plus fours. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank you for thank you for what you made, but we're gonna take it from here. Is there anyone? Is there anyone who really follows the rules? Which game has the most rule breaking? Just standard when it's played, Uno or Monopoly? It's got to be one of those two. Monopoly's probably way up there. I'm sure there are some workarounds that everyone used playing life. Yeah, probably. But Monopoly's got to be the the biggest. Okay, what? Can, when can you buy houses? You know, like kind of house rule trades. Our family plays Settlers of Catan sometimes. I don't think we're playing quite by the exact right rules. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got kind of house rules <laughs> yes. for some of these, some of these games. But Monopoly, especially. Remember Monopoly? You, you always had this lifeline if you landed on free parking, and there was like all that cash that had gone. Yeah, people started like paying all their fines into the middle of the board for free parking. That became the lottery. Yeah, that's not part of the that's rules. That's not what whatsoever. you're supposed to do with that. That's not at all. Yeah, that was the only way I played growing up. Number one way to play Monopoly. Be the banker. You will never run out of money. Oh, yeah. That's how you win. That's how you win. Uh, Okay, so a couple of things, too. There have been rumors at Gmail. uh, Like, feels like everybody has a Gmail account almost. uh, That they're going to stop giving away their email for free. um, And that they might be making changes into people who access in a very old way. Take a listen. There's been a rumor that Google would be nixing its signature free email service used worldwide But Google says, no, Gmail is going to be around for you for a while. But one of the ways of accessing Gmail, however, is being phased out. What Google calls basic HTML view of Gmail will be eliminated by August. Most people are already using the newer default view anyway. It's been the default for a while, but people had been able to choose to use the old interface. But by this summer, anyone who hasn't elected the new view will be switched okay. over anyway. Nobody Evan cares. Evan Brown, Fox News. Nobody cares. Uh, they just want to know if they're taking away your Gmail account. Yeah, like, I still have access to it, right? Right, yeah. Good? So okay. For, but that was kind of impending there. For a while, you're going to have it stick around. All right, it's 6.53. we got a Tom's Talk coming up next. Just Alan K. Today with Shaq and Friends on KLIN. 
It's time for Tom's Talk on 1499.3 KLIN. It was last May when the finishing touches were put on phase one of a massive $56 million expansion at the Lincoln Airport. The new terminal is now equipped with six new gates. There's a pub and a market that features some local beers. LNK has also added a mother's room. There's a pet relief area and lower and higher seating to accommodate every traveler. They've also added a second TSA line to get passengers through security quicker. And you'll also find a brand new Flyers Club Lounge. This week, I talked with Chad Lay, Director of Planning and Development for the Lincoln Airport Authority, about the project. He says expanding the terminal was long overdue. The existing terminal was built in 1974, and it has had a couple of minor updates to it over those years. But this is far and away the most significant expansion and renovation to that facility since it was built in 1974. With the first phase of renovations complete, Lay says it's full steam ahead on phase two, which is renovating the south end of the terminal. He tells me what travelers will notice when it's complete. We've got definitely some upgrades in the lobby area and probably at least functionally most important, helping to consolidate the TSA and bag uh, checkpoints that definitely help people get through to their flights in a more efficient manner. And then once they get through that checkpoint, they're into that bigger, larger, more accommodating gatehold facility with upgraded concessions. Lay tells me people have been impressed with the enhanced traveling experience and the overall improvements that they've made. Everything works hearing from folks is extremely positive. In fact, I would say there tends to be actually a little bit of pride associated with it. I think the folks that uh, live in and around Lincoln are just uh, happy to have a new facility that they can associate with their hometown. He says in the last week they completed one big project. We're pushing passengers over to the new bag claim devices. Also, there's going to be a lot of work that is going to kind of happen under traffic right at kind of the entrance to the building and where the elevators and the escalators are. So there's going to be a couple of months here in the spring where we're going to just ask for the public's cooperation. In addition, Lay says... And then the rest of that south half of the lobby area is the remaining arriving flight amenities. So there's going to be an updated uh, customer service slash information desk to help people make arrangements upon their arrival into Lincoln. And then there's going to be updated rental car counters for the people who are seeking to uh, pick up that rental car. Lay says big plans are in the works for the second floor of the airport, including a community room that can accommodate 100 people. Up on the second floor on that mezzanine on the south end, there's going to be three things located there. One is some updated administrative offices. Two is some expanded meeting space that, upon request, could be available to uh, public entities. And then third will be a public uh, observation lounge for those meters and greeters who are waiting for inbound uh, family or friends. I asked Lay if he thinks more people will be flying out of Lincoln instead of going to Omaha now that they are making so many enhancements and improving passenger amenities. You know, that's certainly the hope. This was built toward two things. It was increased convenience for the passenger and then making sure for the long-term future we had a facility that could easily accommodate new service when those opportunities arose. And so with those two pieces of the puzzle in place, I think we're in a, in a good place for the next 10 years to grow the Lincoln Airport. So before you decide to book your next flight in Omaha, 
Lay says, give the new look airport here in Lincoln a try first. Obviously, the big thing that we're looking to do with that is just once we have that new amenity in place for the passengers and just encourage people to use it, it was built with an eye towards making the process quick and efficient and easy to use for our passengers. And so we just invite all the people there in the Lincoln community to at least check flying out of the Lincoln airport when they're making their flight arrangements. Lay tells me renovation of the administration offices and the meeting and boardrooms will be completed in the next month or two, phase two. The entire project will be done by this summer. All of the excitement of the terminal upgrades have been tempered by the failed Redway experiment last year and the announcement by United Airlines' decision to end service between Lincoln and Houston this May. But United will be adding flights to Denver and Chicago later in the year. Hear Tom's Talk Saturdays at noon and Mondays at 6.55 or listen to the podcast anytime at KLIN.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. For traffic. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O, morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, it's 708, 36, excuse me, 39 degrees in the capital city, hurtling toward the warmest February 26, perhaps since the 1800s in Lincoln, Nebraska. That's a way to make it sound dramatic. It's true. If we get over 79, we'll be a record high, breaking a high from the uh, late 1800s. All right. Hey, special day here on the show. Uh, Don't know if you caught it a few days ago, but the Lead Center has announced their Broadway series for 24-25. And it's been a while since we've checked in with Bill Steffen from the Lead Center. And so he joins us right now to tell us a little bit what he's got coming up here at the Lead Center for the next year or so. Good morning, Bill. How are you doing? Good morning. So this Good. is our Glencorf Broadway series yes. that we're announcing. And yeah. season tickets for um, people who aren't currently season tickets go on sale today. Okay, so big day today. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about what people can can get with the uh, with the season tickets then coming sure. up this well, year. Well, you know, Broadway is the most popular art form at the Leeds Center. It's one of yep. the most popular art forms in the nation. Yep. It's 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 wonderful because it, it makes you feel good. It's entertaining. It's it's just spectacular. Yes. And and we've got I think one of our best seasons, one of our biggest seasons ever, and it's kicking off with a Tony Award winning best musical that's never been to Lincoln before. 
um, and it's called Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah. Um, it's by Pasek and Paul. Um, it's September 27th through 29th. And um, this was their first big breakout musical. Um, they also created La La Land, the movie, if you're familiar with that yep. movie, as well as um, Greatest Showman. So if you like any either of those, if you're not familiar with Dear Evan Hansen, that's the kind of experience you're going to have with Dear Evan Hansen. I saw it on Broadway with the original cast, yeah. and it is a fabulous show. Yeah, so I know the music for it, but I haven't seen the whole musical. Sure. I haven't seen the musical. I'm familiar with I think a lot of people might be that way cuz the songs like especially like Waving Through a Window yep. has gotten very, you know, got very popular. Yeah, it's got a great around, quite a few songs that are very very, thing, but very popular. The other ones yeah. Too. yeah. Yeah. And it's a very powerful story of it's kind of a youthful story, you know, taking place in high school, social media and and kind of the the modern life of of a of a youth um is is a good part of the plot as well as the parents um and it, it's it's a inspirational show that reflects real life. Yeah. And with yeah. some amazing music, makes you feel good, um, but also it, it's a reflection of life as art can only provide. Right. So that, was this, what, are we, is this like uh, 15 years, 10, 15 years old now when it was originally on Broadway? Um, I think it was I'm around. Trying, I was just going to look it up. I was curious. I'm, I'm guessing 2015. You nailed it. July 10th, 2015. All right. So all not right. even 10 years. Yeah. Jeez, yeah look at yeah, you. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Nice job. Yeah, yeah. 2015 and then went off Broadway in, in uh, 2016 U.S. tour in 2018. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's. Uh, yeah. So it's been touring around for a little bit. But, yeah. And we're thrilled to to have it um, at, cool. at the lead center. It's Leading Tony Award winning best too. musical. Yes. Leading things off in yep. September. Yep. So right yep. off the right off the uh, it, once we get into fall, you're going to yep. be going with a big one right and, away. And then we've got a show that is the Nebraska premiere. We're having this show before Los Angeles. Uh, Lincoln is it, leading leading the nation once again. Leading the nation with Back to Nebraska, the Future. Cooler than Los Angeles. Yes. I've said it a million times. Yep, yep. I, I took a pic. I was in L.A. actually this past weekend, and I took a picture of myself at the Pantages with Back to the Future with its dates after, after our Arts. October dates, just so I can, you know, if anybody, you know, wants to see, it's literally Lincoln's getting it before L.A. Very and nice. most of the rest of the country. So I didn't know, I'm obviously familiar with Back to the Future, the movie. I did not know this has been made into uh, into a musical. So what should we expect with this one? Well, movies make great musicals, you know, particularly movies that you love. Um, you know, Moulin Rouge is was originally right. a movie. Um, Annie um, was originally yep. a movie, now a musical. Sound of Music. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so many great movies make into great musicals. And Back to the Future has one of the m- most enjoyable, feel-good plots, you know, of all time. Yes. You know, we, they made three of them because it was so fun. And it, it, the musical is just as fun as the, the movie. Um, it follows the plot pretty closely. There's a few little adjustments because it is a stage. Um, but it's super exciting getting to see the, you know, the time machine fly through the air. And it's, as you know, I've got the, the carpet in Aladdin. Well, now it's the DeLorean. So you really, wow, there's some serious, uh, some serious work going on with the set on this Absolutely. one. Absolutely. It it's, like. it's a high tech show. Well, probably one, I think I've heard people say it's the most high tech show they've ever seen in their life. Really? Yeah, yeah, and awesome. Debuting right here in Tech and, City, Lincoln, Nebraska, and it's got the Huey Lewis songs. From Absolutely, the, <laughs> that's yes. what that's what was important yep. to me. Yeah, so. as, as well Power as Love, yep. Back in Time, yep. Johnny Be Good, also Johnny, not, yep, you know, also yep. another classic. Earth Angel, what, yep. yep, yep. So many great songs, um, and the plot. And one of the things that's w- magical about theater is that when you watch a movie. It's you don't feel as much. It's not as real to you as when you're seeing it in person. When you see a theatrical show, yeah. And so, like when you see 
um, Dad McFly like just being a wimp against Biff. Yeah. You're you're feeling, oh come on, yeah. come on, stand up, yeah. do it, do yeah. it. Yeah. You know, and and then when he does and he smacks him and falls to the ground, it feels so good, <laughs> yes. way more than it ever did when I watched the movie. <laughs> and it's because it, the theater makes it feel m- much more intimate and real. Right. Also, when. Marty's mom is hitting on him. It feels really more, way more awkward. Like, don't do that, Miss McFly. Stop that. Don't do that. It's your oh, son. You know, man. it feels really awkward. Where, like, in the movie, it's awkward, but it's like really awkward. Yeah, good in in the musical. Yeah, yeah, it was awkward. I remember Leah Thompson and uh, yeah. Michael J. Fox in that scene in the car. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, very good. It, that sounds awesome. But it's a lot, a lot of fun, and uh, it's and, and you know, watch out for. Um, the DeLorean um, for appearances at the Leeds Center when we Ooh. opened, opened um, or announced our season to our season ticket holders, our Broadway season ticket holders. It was on stage. Wow. And after, after the event was finished, um, the audience was invited to come up and get their picture with it. Nice. And uh, and it will be making some more appearances. And we want to thank our friends at Speedway Motors um, that are making that possible. If you've never visited the, the museum, it's got so many amazing cars. So go see it. But L.A. doesn't have access to a DeLorean. Absolutely. See, we're we'll see all right what else we got all right um then we've got little mermaid disney's little mermaid yeah and we're so excited about having its debut at the lead center for lincoln and it's a you know huge production um full week um and ariel flies around on this one she's technically swimming but um the the illusion of swimming in the sea is done by having her fly right and and so that's really spectacular. All those great songs, Under know, the uh, Sea, and Kiss the Girl, under and Part of Your sea. World. You're pretty good at that. I swear it's hot out under the water. All right, very anyway. nice. Poor yes. unfortunate souls. Ooh, look at that. Jeez. Yes, I've seen the movie a time or two. All yes. Right. <laughs> and, all right, and it follows the movie pretty closely, <laughs> and it's so much fun for all ages. And this is a great way for us to follow Aladdin, which was a huge hit, one of our biggest shows yeah. ever at the lead. Um, so Little Mermaid. Made. So very cool. It's it just um, so exciting. And then um, we've got our mystery show. Mystery show. The fifth Broadway show to be announced. It's in February. So you already have dates for this. Yes, but we, do. A, we do. We yeah. do. And so just a few a little lot things. Of dates, as a matter um, it, of fact. Yeah, it's two weeks. So there's only been two other shows that have been two weeks. Yeah. That would be Phantom of the Opera and Hamilton. Hamilton yeah. So this is a really big deal. So that's a little hint that it, mm. it's a big show. And I'll give you another hint that it's currently on Broadway. Okay. When will we find out? Um, later this year. Okay, later this year. Later this year. Lots of specificity there. Yes. All right. Yes. Thank you. Yes. So we're we're, uh, we're very very All excited. Right. Um, it's going to be a spectacular show. So that's February. And everybody's going to love it. So that's February. Then we're into March. A, yeah. A and year then we've from got now. Beetlejuice coming. All right. So um, it, it's a, a such a fun show with you know following again the movie mm-hmm. with lots of music and magic and. Screamingly good fun, Variety says. Right. And um, Deo, and so much fun, and all the characters that you know from the movie. All right. Uh, So for these Broadway shows, if people want to get, uh, get... Get locked in. Make sure they've got tickets to these. What are their options right now for that? What will their options be? Well, 11 o'clock is the best time to... Or that's when... The, our box office opens, and you can either go online and purchase your tickets that way, okay, um, or you can give us a call or visit us in person down okay. at um, Q Street and Twelfth. Um, our box office will be open. We can, you know, we can show you the map and everything, mm-hmm. and um, super low, easy technology, or you can do it all wizardly. 
uh, online and and do it all in a few moments with a few clicks. All right, and, and I guess and pick your seats. And I I skipped over inadvertently a couple other shows yeah. that you've got too. So yeah, hit so that, me with those. So that's the five show package that we yes. just talked about. Okay, and, that's and, the five show. And, and one of the things that um, I do want to mention is um, if you're buying your Broadway tickets later than now, you're you're spending more money. And you're not getting as good of a seat. Okay. So um, if you want to get the best seats at the best prices, um, Matthew Boring, our, our, uh, my deputy director, um, shared a little bit that if you bought Hamilton as a season ticket um, package, you know, you paid you know, around $100, $125, or you could have spent 200 or 300 Yeah. And, and you, you could be front on the floor, or you could sit in the upper balcony. Yeah. yeah. So get your, get your season tickets now. And not only... Do you get better seats and better prices? Um, you're also helping us bring more of these great shows to the lead. Um, you know, we have the biggest season. We have four out of five of our shows are full weeks this yeah. year, which is big. Yeah. We've been you know working on this since we did our first big Broadway show of Book of Mormon a number of years ago, and we want to bring the best, biggest Broadway to Lincoln. And how we do that is by having these full week runs because then you get the the biggest titles and and the the top casts. Yep. And so, and the most opportunity for people to see it and too, you, which and is good. And you can see it right here yeah. in Lincoln, Nebraska. That's why the Lead Center was created. Right. Was so you don't have to go to New York or Chicago right. or L.A. or Omaha. You right. can just stay right here in the capital city um, at the University of Nebraska and see your favorite Broadway right. shows. And those long runs make it nice. I saw Hamilton twice. Yes. Uh, my my, uh, my wife and my wife saw Les Mis twice. Yeah. Right. I only got once on that one. Yeah. But yeah. Absolutely. That's the other yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, so that's just a little nice plug too. of, and you can exchange your tickets as a subscriber. You can exchange for a different performance. Okay. Um, you know, so if something, if something comes changes, up, yeah. um, you know, you can change. So, you know, don't, you know, sometimes people worry about, oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm going to be doing in February. Well, right. we'll work with you on your schedule. Okay. And right. it's great. So our two extras for the Broadway yes. season. Um, this one, Rent in Concert, January 18th. Um, we're joining the Kennedy Center as the, only the second um, performing arts center to have this special event. And it's um, an all-star Broadway cast. Um, when it was at the Kennedy Center, and all the same Kennedy Center cast members will be invited to be in our production. Cool. It had three Tony Award-winning Best Artists, actors, actresses, mm -hmm. and multiple Tony-nominated um, artists as part of the cast. Right. Um, Ali Stroker, um, who won the Best um, Actress in Oklahoma. We had Miles Frost, who won the Tony for being in MJ, the musical, the um, star of... And Juliet was up front in the cast, you know, from Broadway. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's like literally the most Broadway stars that I can think of that have been outside of Broadway performing. Very cool. And so it's this all-star cast. Rent, one of the greatest musicals of all time, all the songs you know and love, combined with Lincoln's Symphony Orchestra. Very cool. Wow. So, so they'll bring the, sim local yeah, the entire symphony. symphony the entire symphony will be That'd on the be Lead great. Center stage. We've been doing great collaborations with LSO. Yeah. And we're so excited that, to, to continue that tradition this year with another big, really special event that you can only see in Lincoln, Nebraska. You know, you can't even go to New York to see this. you got to come to Lincoln. <laughs> so that's in January. Yeah. And, then, and, and then one more add-on in March, too. Yeah. And then, of course, the sun will come out tomorrow tomorrow as in march 2025 
um, Annie, um, and you know, one of the greatest musicals of all time. Only three performances, you know, so those tickets will go quick. Okay. And uh, as a season ticket holder, you get first access to the extras. Very nice. And so, yeah, very, very exciting um, next year. And those are all on sale today at 11. All right, um, 11 a.m. Sign up for all get those, those shows. Why don't we, so check that out at, at the uh, website. Get on there after 11 if you want to claim, as Bill said, you know, those good seats at the better prices. Uh, I guess we should probably talk about go backwards in time a little bit, the opposite of Back to the Future here at this point, and and uh, talk a little bit about what's coming up for the rest of this season. Sure. Now, as well, as I know, it's been a, it's been an incredibly, incredibly busy one here for you. I was just talking, with, uh, I have, uh, I I was out at Les Mis. That was, I guess, a couple of months ago now, a month or so ago now. Um, Shrek, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, Shrek is this weekend. Opens Thursday night. Shrek is this weekend, yeah. And tickets, some tickets are still available. Um, It's first time ever at the Leeds Center. You know, of course, Shrek, it will be there. Fiona, Donkey, um, you know, after a movie. Yep. Um, And it's a great family show. It's going to be a lot of fun. It uh, um, runs through Sunday on March 3rd, so lots of different options. Um, we have uh, a Lindsay Adrario of Love and War, Stories of Tragedy and Resilience. Um, a, she's a Pulitzer Prize winning photojournalist. And not only will she share her photography, but the stories behind um, behind those photos. Um, and um, it's a free program, part of Ian Thompson Lecture Series. And so okay. um, we'd really encourage people to come out and see what's going on around in the world. And, you know, with real, you know, some of the best photography of capturing these moments okay. um, that are both heartbreaking and inspirational. And then March 7th, we have Drum Towel. And I'm so excited about this show. I love taiko drumming. And it's so dramatic. And, you know, there's this, the giant drum makes you literally vibrate to your heart. I mean, it's just like, it's just, just goes to your soul. And this is one of the top drum, uh, taiko drumming com- you know, companies in the world. First time ever at the Lead Center. Okay. And one thing that makes them unique is that it's kind of it's taiko drumming the art form at its highest meets broadway spectacular production okay so um the costumes the lighting the smoke the you know just it's this huge production yeah in addition to this masterful uh drumming so um, come join us on march 7th for drum tau be something like you've never seen before um bela fleck is joining lincoln symphony later this month we've got baby shark oh baby shark great i know it's so exciting march 12th how does that go (laughs) stop yeah Uh, baby shark's big big broad wave oh boy um, tour and it's going to be a lot of fun and you got to bring the kids to baby shark yeah you've got to do it. Um, tickets are still available. It's at six o'clock, so a nice early time. There you go. You know, so that way you make your your bedtime. Um, it's a great, great, sh- great show. I'm super excited about it. We're celebrating St. Patrick's Day um, with Michael Landra, um, and Michael um, has been to the Lead Center before. He was one of our first, you know, artists, you know, during the pandemic. And we're so excited. He's got champion Irish dancers joining with his band, and you know, he was one of the original tenors of um, Riverdance yep. and performed with Riverdance on Broadway yep. when it started. He's just got a such a beautiful Irish tenor voice. Be singing all your favorite Celtic songs. But this show is totally different in that it has a, will have a giant screen and they've taken high-def footage of Ireland. So oh, cool. a, as, as they're singing about Ireland and the Irish culture and things, you'll be seeing images in high-def above the group 
taking you there nice. visually in addition to um, the music that you'll get to enjoy. So we're really excited. Um, it was filmed for his PBS special, which you can catch him on um, PBS um, all the time. Yeah. You can see him live, yep. though, at the Leeds Center. I, That's March 14th. I'm, out, I'm, out, I'm almost out of time. Hit me real quick okay. with the rest of what Rob you want to mention. Magic, March 16th. Price is right. 100 Years of Broadway, your favorite Broadway shows. Nice. Show Away the Musical, which interweaves quilting with a musical. Really? Yes. Oh. Yes. So excited. Alice, which is Crazy Momix. Um, it's Cirque meets Modern Ballet. And it's like something you've never seen before. you got to see Alice. All right. So cool. Share show in April. Lots more. LeadCenter.org. Check it out. Bill, thanks. We got through a lot today. Yes. Uh, congrats on the announcement. Looking forward to uh, continuing to hear more information about what's coming. Thanks so. for having me. It's yep. been a pleasure. 100%. We'll talk to you again soon. That's Bill Steffen from the Lead Center. LeadCenter.org. Get those tickets those Broadway shows at 11. 726 on KLIN. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah. That's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. I'm Chris Ofgren. It's time to count them down. The five things you'll be talking about today. This is The Morning Drive, presented by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on 1499.3 KLIN. Hi, greetings. Welcome in and welcome back. Uh, don't forget, coming up, Tim Hruza at 810. Kent Pavelka joining us at 835 today. Voice of Nebraska basketball. And speaking of which, number five. Well, both Nebraska basketball teams over the weekend notched wins, both of them with retro nights at Pinnacle Bank Arena, both of them over Minnesota Golden Gophers. Women with one game left in the regular season, and they're in potential spot to get a double bye. They'll head to Illinois this next Sunday. Men are at 20 wins for just the seventh time in program history. Three games left on the regular season, heading to Ohio State Thursday. Also, in line for a potential double buy in the Big Ten basketball tournament in a couple weeks. So, first of all, I want to check out the latest. I want to see how much, yeah, we don't have a new update on, I mean, you can go a lot of places and find it, but like the ESPN bracketology has not been updated for the men and the women right now. But it would appear, as it stands now, barring the, the bottom fall, and I think the women are probably safe, right? Is the, it fair to say they're they sh- they should I don't be? Know, yes. I don't know that even if they because they they only have what one more regular season one game regular season in on the conference Sunday. tournament. So I think they're probably probably safe. I'm I'm gonna look at the last the last before the Minnesota win. They were an eight seed. Yeah, they were an eight seed according to Charlie Cream's bracketology. So I got to think, Caleb. Even if they went zero and two. To finish out the season, they're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the men, with a, another solid win last night, 
Uh, it's been kind of crazy just how many games, especially home games, there have been this year where Nebraska just kind of, you look up at the scoreboard and you're like, oh, they're up by 15, right? And <laughs> it's and, and, and it may not necessarily feel that way. They're, they're playing well, but they're not playing perfect, but they're still uh, the better team on the court, and that's what they were again last night. And, I mean... Has Nebraska clinched an NCAA men? Have they clinched an NCAA spot? No, but that doesn't mean they're on the bubble either. Mm-hmm. They're not on the bubble currently. Is there a scenario where they could play themselves back onto the bubble? Yeah, it exists, right? It doesn't seem likely given how they're playing right now at all. Mm-hmm. But I suppose if you decide not to win a game the rest of the year, you're going to put yourselves in some peril for that for that selection, although I don't, I mean, I don't know for sure that would even be enough. But right. That said, Thursday you go to Ohio State and you win that and let the party begin. Especially the opinion. way Ohio it's, State has been playing lately. If you if you win that, it's over in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? I agree. Yeah, I agree. Now you start to run into the can you improve where you where you were projected? So like on Friday in a lot of the bracketology. Nebraska was projected as a 10 seed right. and potentially going to Omaha. Right. If you start playing better than that, can you put yourself in position to get a 7, which would mean you could still go to Omaha to, based on where things are because it, Omaha will host a, a 7-10 matchup and a 2-15. Well, you don't, you're not going to drop to a 15 and you're not going to move it all the way up to a 2. Can you be the 7 or the 10 and be in Omaha? Regardless of how the 4 potential plus five, six games left that you're going to have before Selection Sunday, just be a seven or a ten seed. That's what I want. And yes. be in Omaha. You, you say, do you, like, there's some division on whether or not people would like to see Nebraska play in Omaha. Why, Surprising. Why, why, is, why is that division? I, it's, I don't, I think some people think there There'd would be, be too some, much pressure. That's one thing. Some people think there'd be kind of an asterisk by it if they won. I don't buy that. Uh, and, and number three, I think there's some people who just want to travel somewhere else to go follow them, well, and tickets might and tickets are going to be really hard to get. Well, yeah, you can go. go to fo- Omaha, you can so. follow them playing somewhere else in the Sweet 16. That's yeah, fine. Yeah, I mean, well, it's, maybe. My question is: Is there an asterisk when Nebraska volleyball wins a national title in Omaha? That's a good question. Like, That's like, a good point. Like That's there's point. not. Yeah. So so it shouldn't matter if another team from Nebraska is playing a postseason neutral site game in the state of right. Nebraska. And I'm not saying I buy into that, but I think there are a few people who who feel that way. So we'll see. Um, it's it, it's exciting cool. either way because you, you have, for Nebraska men's basketball, they've been playing on Wednesday night for the last few years of the Big Ten tournament. So that very first night where they're in the bottom four of the league. Right. And right now they're in a position to be top four in the league. They own tiebreakers over a couple other teams around them. And and you can have a double bye to where you automatically you go and you start out on Friday. That'd be and, nice. And right now the way the Big Ten, I think the Big Ten is projected to get six teams yep. in the NCAA tournament as opposed to think back to 2018 when only three teams got in and Nebraska was just sitting on the outside looking in. You've got... Four chances to get to that 21 number yeah. that you had said a long, long time ago. I had said get to 20, and I feel good. But the way this team, <laughs> the way this team is playing, there's no reason that you can't get to selection Sunday. And this team sitting at 22, 23 wins. Yeah, yeah, it's it's true at this point. 
especially if you get that win Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sky's kind of the limit in terms of how far you can move up that seed line at that point. Come uh, home is, for a exciting. senior day against Rutgers next Sunday. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, it, it it's fun right now. I hopefully hopefully it stays that way. But it is a lot of fun right now, and they are playing really well right now. Even when every player isn't having their typical best offensive day mm-hmm. necessarily, because you have you've had a few guys that have. You know, Casey didn't have his best offensive day. Mass didn't have his best offensive day. C.J. Wilcher has been kind of cold lately. He he still. has he has been, but you've seen Jamarcus Lawrence really starting right, to Lawrence take off. Up. And Jawan Gary Bryce has been playing better. Yeah, yeah. You, you've had a lot of contributions, kind of all over the place, and it's really really nice to see. All right, moving on. Number four, potential record breaking. Warm today. Yes. Temperatures going to be surging into the upper 70s, potentially hitting 80. And that very warm weather expected with a lot of sun, stronger wind out of the west and southwest, gusting around 35. The heat itself will be challenging past records going back to the 1800s, 18, Jack. If we hit 80, we will break the record set in 1896. <laughs> we all remember it well. That oh, was it's a shame last, Mark's not here today to tell us about it. That was the last time. When that happened in 1896, do you think in February February 26, 1896, do you think that people were like, you know, I miss the 1700s when we had real winter. <laughs> right? I, re- I remember the 1700s. We used to have snow. We didn't have... We didn't have kids in the late... Like we do in the late 1800s, these modern times, running around in their knickers. It's hotter than when Johnny Trumaine put his arm in silver. Uh, that will be uh, that'll be something. I say, open the pools back up. Yes, open the pools up. Let the kids <laughs> let the kids get in the pool this afternoon, right after school. Now, Caleb, we are going to return to sort of normal for this time of year. Still not bad, but sort of normal tomorrow after lunch. Temperature. Boop, gonna fall that's the sound that's the noise it makes when it falls okay it's gonna drop from the 50s into the mid 30s for the remainder of the day uh, high winds out of the north won't be super pleasant outside compared to where we've been on tuesday tuesday night then you got a chance of some snow before midnight right now there's nothing indicating that that would be a particularly um significant accumulating snow and then on Wednesday, you're not probably going to get out of the thir- 30s. So high of 39, Gross. but sunny on Wednesday. Yeah, but <laughs> look how spoiled we are, right? I, well, 39 and sunny in the middle of winter would sound really good. Like that—that's the part that that becomes the the balance, right? right. Where it's going, ugh, it's going to get cold again. I didn't wear a jacket to Pinnacle Bank Arena from where I walked yesterday. <laughs> In Saturday. The other day, the last week, one of those days it was really windy. I was getting ready to walk my dog over the lunch hour, Caleb, and I was about to go out, and I could hear the wind just howling, and I was like, I better put a sweatshirt on. And I was like, I was actually di- perturbed that I had to put a sweatshirt on, and it's 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 the middle of February. It's 58 <laughs> degrees and sunny outside, and it sounds a little windy. So this is how spoiled that I'm getting with this whole thing. But yeah, and then and then by the way, after you get through Wednesday, Thursday you're back to 57, Friday you're back to 65, Saturday 73. So it's all looking good from here on out. <laughs> Number three, uh, U.S. News and World Report has released their latest best places to live. 
for quality of life. I'm Number three on the list. You once again, Madison, Wisconsin. Everybody loves Madison so much. In fact, this is a this is a who's who of always wins these things. Number and it just happens. All of these cities. Isn't it weird? All the city because the cities that always win these stupid things. <laughs> Madison, Ann Arbor, Boulder, and Austin, Texas. By the way, Boulder number two, Ann Arbor number one. Is Austin in the top top? I don't think Austin made the top twenty five that I see. Saw. Every no, I don't think Austin did not make it. I don't see top, Austin in the top twenty five. You but those those five or those four are always in every ranking. It feels like, and they also happen to house. The four most annoying college football teams outside of Iowa City, I believe. And yet they're always... So competition in football, competition in quality of city. But Ann Arbor is the best place to live for quality of life. Boulder 2, Madison 3, San Jose 4, Portland, Maine 5, Boston 6, Green Bay 7, Hartford 8, Rochester 9, Trenton, New Jersey. What? 10. There's Boise, Idaho, 11. We talked to the Lincoln Chamber of Commerce about how they're collaborating with Boise on a bunch of stuff right now. Uh, no Nebraska, no Lincoln, no Omaha this time around in the top five places to live uh, for for quality of life. So disappointing. Disappointing there. Uh, but nonetheless. Nonetheless. So, you know, I guess you can move. To I think it's still a pretty good place there. to live. Yeah. Uh, All right, moving on. Number two. Uh, An interesting question. Are six-pack abs bad for your heart? (laughs) That is a new study that is looked at big abs being potentially bad for men's health as they look at body composition is a concept frequently used by health professionals in relation to health, but researchers from the University of California, San Diego, are suggesting that more muscle doesn't automatically mean lower risk of heart problems. Really? So this study, this University of Cal San Diego is saying men with a larger abdominal muscle area have a greater risk of heart disease. Now that's different than density, evidently. As density goes, the pro- pro- prognosis is different. Denser muscle within the abdominal cavity had nearly one quarter of the risk of heart disease later in life. And apparently this doesn't impact women, according to this study as well. So the team found, though, that the large muscle group's heart disease risk was nearly six times higher than the group of men with mm. the smallest abdominal muscle area. They weren't expecting such a strong correlation between increased muscle area and coronary heart disease. That's fascinating. Well, so I was on the road to a six-pack, but not anymore. Well, there's I a different six-pack that. that I'm sure is going to help me out a lot more. Do I do I stop doing crunches? Is that where we're at with this? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's fascinating. <laughs> that is fascinating. It is all pu- published in the Journal of American Heart Association. If you want to. Take a look at that if you're worried if your six pack is affected. I don't know. I wouldn't be <laughs> not, too not something I need to be concerned with at the moment. Is it? And also, isn't it about? Is it about size? When people have a six pack, is it about size? It's partially just about lack of fat on there as well. That probably helps because uh-huh. don't we really all have a six pack buried under there somewhere? It's somewhere in there. It's in there. I've used a six pack to cover up my six pack. All right, moving on. 
number one. Well, we've been hearing a lot of stories already over the last week and a half since you had the Munch Madness selection show. The bracket came out less than a week ago last Tuesday, but folks have been out and about hitting up a number of places, especially some that are new to the bracket, like this last Friday at a pop-up. Uh, Ibor with the Cuban sandwiches was able to be at a, a local brewery, and it sounds like it was packed. Yeah, they were at Zipline. Sounds like they had a great turnout there. I've heard from people who have talked to the restaurant staff at uh, at uh, Me Mexico Me Lindo. Mexico Lindo. Yes, Canyon Joe's Barbecue as well. I heard uh, somebody who had who had been there talk to the staff there, and just a lot of a lot of excitement from a whole lot of a whole lot of these restaurants. People are anticipating this vote, but it sounds like you guys are doing your job of getting out there and supporting these businesses, especially the ones that you've never been to before and getting out there and trying them. So keep doing that. Print your bracket off. You still have nine days, nine days, next Wednesday dinners to get out to the places that you would like to get to prior to the voting starting. And so get there while these places are all still alive. It's a great time to do that. And if you would let us know if you're, uh, if you go out some of these places, we might a little shot of the shot of what you ordered there. Uh, let let the staff know why you're there. Uh, love to kind of just hear the stories of the places that Absolutely. you guys are going here. And as you said, the voting will start with the Cayenne region, top left part of your bracket. That'll start on a week from Wednesday. A week from Wednesday. So round one starts March sixth. Round two March eighteenth. Savory sixteen March twenty eighth. Eat 8 April 3rd. The final fork runs the weekend of April 5th through the 7th. Championship April 8th. And all of that means we are 43 days away from crowning a Munch Madness champion. So 43 days. 43 days of uh, <laughs> going out to eat, trying these places, letting us uh, letting us know about it, and a lot of voting in between as well. If you need a couple of things, just a reminder... If you want to track that voting schedule, that's available at KLIN.com. The other thing that's available at KLIN.com is the map that 1T Brett has made for us. I love this map. The color-coded. Uh, go to KLIN.com, click on the Munch Madness link, and we've got the map embedded there. It's got every restaurant that is in Munch Madness plotted in the city of Lincoln and color-coded by the region that they are in. If it is a mobile restaurant, a food truck, a pop-up type thing, uh, there are uh, it's it's uh, I think he put them where their most recent stop is or their next stop is going to be. But there are notes. Yeah, the notes are so good about where they'll be in the future. So he's uh, taking the time to do all that. So I thanked one uh, T Brett for that personally yesterday for doing that. But it's a great a great way to kind of maybe plan out if you're trying to figure out which one of these places you're going to hit for lunch or dinner. Just take a look at the map and you'll know where you're close to depending on wherever you are in the city. So. Very cool. Very excited about that. Thank you to University of Nebraska Federal Credit Union for sponsoring Munch Madness this year. All right, 42 degrees in the capital city. That is it for your morning drive, brought to you by Stonebridge Insurance and Wealth Management on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, 42 degrees in the capital city. Coming up, Tim Maruza joins us. Ooh, I feel like we're about to... 
feel like we're about to turn a corner on the legislature here pretty soon uh, when some of these more contentious issues get to the floor. So we'll see what's going on there. Uh, and then Ken Pavelka has joined us. I feel like we're about to turn a corner in the Nebraska basketball season, too, <laughs> hopefully into the uh, the the post bubble conversation and the new in the in the field conversation hopefully it is eight o'clock on kli and pulling up to mickey d's just for drinks oh yeah that's me nothing extra just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks then there are drinks from mcdonald's Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Live from the Momo Pizzeria and Ristorante Studios at 44th and O. Morning radio for the entire capital city. This is LNK Today with Jack and Friends on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. I start walking your way, you start walking mine. We meet in the middle, meet that old Georgia pine. We gain a lot of ground, cause we both give a little. Ain't no That music means it's time to talk Nebraska news and politics with Tim Haruza, who joins us right now via phone. I, Good morning, Tim. Jack, I cannot wait for the day when that song kicks into the bridge part. Mm-hmm. And you just start, <laughs> it goes up an extra an octave. <laughs> <laughs> I usually, the mic's off, but I usually uh, join along with Diamond Rio in their classic <laughs> meet in the middle. I, I, I get, theme song for I get to reason. hear it each time, Tim, so it's yes. good. Yes. I love the way we work it out because that's what love is all about. <laughs> yep. But you got to like sing it an entire octave higher. Yes. Wow, love it. 100%. Uh, okay, Tim, we're kind of getting close to like a turning point in the big picture of the legislature this year with uh, committee hearings wrapping up shortly and then all day debate beginning, uh, I guess, I guess next week. What's the, uh, what's the significance? What's kind of going to be the storylines here as we get going and make that transition within this legislative session? Yeah, halfway over halfway done with the session now, and public hearings will finish up on Thursday. So the legislature has uh, might be the only three day week. I got to look at the calendar again, but this week might be the only three day week. They're on recess today, recess Friday, so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then we're done with the you know fun road show of public hearings day over day, um, hours and hours long. So. Uh, priority bill designation was the big turning point. Um, that deadline hit back on right around Valentine's Day, the 15th. So um, personal priorities and the speaker announced his priority list, I think, early last week. So uh, that has really, as we always say in our world, that narrows the field of bills that are 
kind of live in terms of the controversial stuff, right? So things that aren't necessarily consensus or unopposed, if you're going to prioritize it, that becomes like narrows the, the field of or the universe of bills that we're working with. Um, there will be some efforts to package things together and or amend things onto those bills as they move across the or through the process over the three rounds of debate. And so there's other bills that might still end up getting passed, right? Um, but they'll get passed kind of those are mostly consensus bills that people don't really object to. It's your primary priority bills that are going to be super contentious. Um, you might recall last year was a very contentious, rocky session with filibuster after filibuster after filibuster. And I think we just, I think I saw something last week that maybe February 22nd was the day that the filibuster started last year, right? Mm-hmm. Um so we're a year removed from the beginning of that. Okay. And we've got a calendar that's pretty structured by the speaker intentionally, kind of out of fear that that would happen again this year, right? Nobody knew going into the session if we were going to operate pretty smoothly or not. And so we start all day debate uh, next week. And I don't know that we're going to need it. Like it, there will wow. be, there will be filibustered bills. There's going to be bills that go eight hours. I can think of a, maybe a handful off the top of my head right now that are going to take eight hours on the first round and six hours on the second round and, um, or eight, four and two, sorry, eight hours, four hours, two hours. But mostly so far things have operated pretty smoothly. And so we'll see if we need to go all day or if we need to go into late nights. I think the speaker has put out a tentative calendar of late nights, but you know, I kind of expect later this week that we'll start canceling some of those. Wow. Um, crossing my fingers, knock on wood, but, I'm hoping we get an announcement that says, hey, starting March, whatever, March 1st, next, whatever, next Monday. Yeah, we don't really need to be here after 5 p.m., but we'll see. So um, I got to say, I didn't really expect lot. going into the session to be hearing things potentially like that. Hey, man, we last year we did the most late-night sessions, which means, and I'll call it late-night, but late-night just means they're debating past 5 p.m. in my world. <laughs> Uh, Late night for people our age, yes. By the time you get to 5 p.m., they've been on the floor for, you know, six, seven hours talking. Somebody has been talking (laughs) on the floor of the legislature for six or seven hours before they take a 15, 20-minute break for dinner and then come back in the evening. So Mm -hmm. uh, late night can be very taxing for those of us that, like, listen or hang out or around. Um, but also the senator talking for that long is just, it's difficult. Um, and so the fact that they will be looking at, you know, hey, we reserved those nights. The speaker had them, people block them off so you weren't scheduling things in the evening. If we don't need those, it'll be, I think that'll be a big sigh of relief and um, kind of set the tone for the last half of the, the legislative session here. Uh, I, I wanted to ask you what what kind of happens next now that we've had these hearings, especially related to the disparate parts of the property tax sort of relief effort. Do they do they all come when they come to the floor? Do they all come separately? Or are they kind of put together somehow? Are they are they all going to be because there's like four or five different parts of this exactly? What's that going to look like in the next few weeks? Well, there's a couple of um different ways that it could come out and i think part of that is yet to be determined but i would tell you that the priority designation list is a pretty good indicator of where things will go so the each committee gets two priority bills that they can identify 
And then each senator gets a single priority bill, and the speaker has up to 25 that he can designate. I think, so realistically, some, one of the things that we watch for on the inside is which of these bills that have been prioritized can be, we call them shell bills or like carrier bills. So the main subject of the bill isn't the most high-profile issue, but it's some generic or general topic that you could use as the carrier to amend the primary pieces of legislation into. Um, the, the Revenue Committee has two bills that are just generally, you know, uh, revenue-related, right? Mm-hmm. That's usually an indicator that those bills could be something different um, or could be amended into. I think one, Jack, candidly, I think one of the priority bills is literally a one- or two-sentence bill that says property taxes are too high and the legislature should do something about it. Um, that's, that's a pretty good indicator that that will end up having an amendment to yeah. it, <laughs> um, yeah. that, that has parts of pieces of this. Uh, I, this week, well, last week, I think the Revenue Committee intended to start having some discussions. I don't know if they ever got around to doing that. It was public hearings just take a lot of time, and they end up they end up taking time, and they go sometimes into the evenings. I think that sort of happened last week um, for the Revenue Committee. This week, I think there's a, an intention among members to start talking internally in what we call an executive session, but among members of the committee to start identifying which parts or pieces of the plan they have the votes for to, to put into a package or put out onto the floor for the, the larger body to consider. And I think that'll start to take shape this week and into next. What's the timeline on that? I don't know. Um, there's some budgetary needs that have to get sorted out. So um, I think the budget will be locked up this week and then it'll, it'll get presented to the body. Like uh, I think March 7th might be the date for that first week or so of March. So um this this week is pretty critical in terms of kind of moving the pieces on the chessboard or putting the puzzle together, I guess, and how that'll work. And then the the revenue committee will have to bring something to the floor on taxes. Let me ask you on on another issue that was making some news, I guess, last week, and I kind of forgot to dis- discuss with you off the air. I don't think I've discussed with you a whole lot, and that's got to do with the Opportunity Scholarships Act and maybe change to what was passed last year that I guess might render the ballot initiative that is set to go on the ballot as irrelevant um, and will probably also be challenged in court if it would pass this year. What are kind of the what's kind of the flow chart here of all the things that could happen with that bill with the new bill that essentially instead of tax credits for private citizens would allocate state money for private school scholarships? Yeah, um, so yeah, as a, just as a, a, a recollection, that the bill last year was passed that created the tax credit approach that says, hey, if you contribute, if I contribute $1,000 to a, a scholarship granting organization, an SGO, um, which gives grants to subsidize or to pay for scholarships for private school, um, I get a tax credit back equal dollar for dollar tax credit up to a certain amount, right? It's capped under statute, but then that cap can grow. Um, which the voters put to the ballot, right? So mm-hmm. petition circulated, says we want to stop that from happening, um, and then it's going to be on your ballot in November as to whether that gets repealed. Senator Linehan introduced a piece of legislation this year that would just appropriate $25 million bucks for SGOs in a direct, hey, the state's going to give them $25 million bucks, and then they'll go out and give those scholarships. And so you just skip the tax credit incentive type approach to get the money going there. Um, it was heard a couple of weeks ago. It was, it was advanced from committee last week, Jack, the bill is on the floor. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know when it will come up. As I mentioned sort of the budget process, I think that's sort of the impetus or the question for how you'll handle that, right? Because you, you can't really pass bills that spend money because we have a balanced budget requirement until the full budget is passed and adopted. And what they'll do is they'll pass they'll pass a budget with all of the things that the committee wants to spend and the governor's going to spend, and they'll reserve a certain amount of money for the floor, which would include bills like that $25 million or other spending bills. Kind of a question right now as to how much money is going to be reserved for the floor. In the preliminary budget estimate, there was maybe $30 million that was going to come. Um, I know that legislators are currently grappling with some changes to what's called PIOSA, uh, which is the, the state funding mechanism for um, education expenses for public schools. And there's a shortfall there, I think, that they're trying to resolve. Um, and so there's some moving parts to will there be enough money for a $25 million expense? Um, I, I think that uh, Senator Linehan is, is savvy enough and knows kind of how to work that process. But the bill is out on the floor, um, and it'll, it, it will get considered um, by the legislature at some point this year. There's a lot of questions about the constitutionality of that. Um, I think there's competing viewpoints on whether we can or can't do that direct spend to a scholarship-granting organization. Mm-hmm. Expect, though, Jack, if that bill gets passed, expect a lawsuit almost immediately, if not another petition initiative, right? Like, oh, my gosh. Um, it's one of the highest... It's- it's what that is one of the highest, you know, lightning rod issues that we see at the Capitol. I and guess we've seen it year over year for like the last decade. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, you can you can do it. You can pass the bill, but like. Like I said, expect a lawsuit almost immediately. Well, like I said, like if they pass it, you, you might have a lawsuit right away. You might have another, as you indicated, another petition drive that may or may not be necessary, depending on what the courts say, right? And like, yeah, and like it's a provisional petition drive. But I mean, I don't know if it would happen or not, but it could. I wouldn't be shocked if it did at that point. Trying to still get on the November ballot for for yeah, this whole thing. Like- there's also a question outstanding, or at least there's some sort of argument that I've heard going around as to whether or not you can even go circulate the petition on an appropriation or That's an right. expense of the legislature. Yeah, there was something uh, put to the Secretary of State about that, and he, I think he was said he, there was going to be some kind of a ruling or, or something on that. I don't think we've had it yet. There was a request for the Secretary of State to determine whether that issue could even go on the ballot. I don't. We have not had a ruling as far as I know. I talked to somebody last week, and I don't think anybody's seen a the final outcome of that question. So like I said, this is, it's a whole, whole uncharted territory thing. And, and just as a reminder too, like for those listening that, I mean, the Nebraska constitution has a provision in place that, and I don't remember what the exact language is, but generally says you cannot give direct funding to private schools. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and voters approved that, I don't know, 60s, 70s, whenever it was, um, maybe 80s, it, it, long time ago. Um, uh, that that was approved by voters put in the Constitution. So I think the argument is about what that cons- what that means and is a grant to an SGO that's going to give a scholarship, right, to the family of a child or to the child, that scholarship, is that a direct spend on private schools? I think the argument is, no, we're giving it to the family, and then if they use it for tuition, that's fine, but we're not giving it directly to the school. So is, does that violate the constitutional prohibition or not? That would be the content be of the lawsuit. Yeah. It would be a fascinating thing to play out. And here's the other thing, too, Jack. Will senators, you needed 33 votes to get it last year. Will senators vote for it again knowing 
that the voters are, you know, are poised to vote on it because there was enough signatures to say we don't want that, right? Um, uh, oh, my, by the way, my answer to that is when is my answer to that is when is when is when has the Unicam ever been stopped by a pending vote of the of the populace that obviously <laughs> is going to overrule them? But never. Yeah. Do you think they're going to pass medical marijuana this year? No. And then it's going to get voted in, right? I mean, uh, it hasn't yet. <laughs> that's because it hasn't made it to the ballot <laughs> twice, two years in a row. I mean, I th- signatures once and then stopped, and then no, not enough signatures the next time. Yep, yeah. and then the double two two subject rule. Yes, so and you'll also remember we talked about the Secretary of State's opinion. You'll remember that the mar- last time marijuana got the signatures, the Secretary of State ruled that was okay before the court kicked it off the ballot. Right? Yeah. Yes, that's right. And the Supreme Court <laughs> went the other direction. Casinos. That's right. And casinos went the other way. Uh, but- Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You you don't have to. I can give you a laundry list of items where the legislature under the likelihood that the voters would go the other way than they are on this. It has not deterred them from still trying to chart their own path until the vote actually went down. Whether you're talking about uh, Medicaid expansion, whether you're talking about the death penalty, whether you're talking about uh, gambling, legalized gambling, like you mentioned, whether you're talking about me- medical marijuana, which hasn't come to a vote yet. So anyway. That's my. Well, we'll be gam- by this time next year. We'll be gambling from our phones. Maybe anyway, right. Is there a bill? On, uh, there's thanks, a bill on that, that, isn't there? Uh, there's going to be. I think there's going to be a petition initiative. Isn't that what the? Oh, really? Reporting or some sort of. There's some sort of poll that was done a couple of weeks ago asking people for the. Oh wow. Um, the popularity <sighs> of like sports betting and gaming from your, you know, the FanDuel or whatever they call it, right? The DraftKings, right? Is that the one? Yeah. Fan do, dry, um, yes, draft kings, kind of yep. I'm going to have to set us a, I'm going to have to bring my ID B. I'm going to have to set aside an hour to vote in November at this point. <laughs> right. Plus I got to decide who I'm voting for, for president while I'm there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> We're going to be printing the ballots in book form. Jeez, <laughs> 30 pages. <laughs> hey, it's the second house, right? It's the second house. It's a bicameral legislature, I guess. Uh, all right. Hey, great, great stuff, Tim. Appreciate you getting us up to speed on what's going on there at the Capitol. We will check in next week. All right. Take care, Jack. There you go. Tim Ruza. Helping us with what's going on at the Capitol. Lobbyist over there and uh, always does a good job keeping us abreast of the latest news and notes. All right. We'll take a break. we got to check sports coming up next. You are listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on KLI. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks. Oh, yeah. That's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. 
You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, welcome back. 43 degrees in the capital city. You are listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends. I was just doing the, going through all the, all the websites with Caleb, giving him percentages that I'm seeing. I mean... All the projections. All the projections. I mean, all these things that say 90% chance... 90% chance. I want it to be a 100% chance so I can just take that deep breath. But a step closer last night with Nebraska winning pretty convincingly against Minnesota and getting another home win. And uh, hearing uh, you were hearing that game last night, and we'll continue to hear going forward as this Nebraska men's basketball season goes on. For how long, we don't know. Our guest, he's Kent Pavelka, voice of Nebraska basketball. Mr. Pavelka, good morning. How are you doing, sir? Jack, Caleb. Thanks for inviting me. I, uh, what a game last night! Were you both there? I know you yep. were, Jack. Yeah, I was there. I was I was covering it from the media section. Yeah, we were both. Uh, Kent said he was. Have, Caleb Kent told me off there. He had his headphones off or on, so you can't quite totally get a sense of of kind of the how loud it was. But it was. A, it was loud. It was. Yeah. It was. It loud. was a raucous uh, uh, environment. And with about three minutes left in the game, you got some great Husker power chance yes. going. Yeah, that was good. That was well, very I'm, given, I'm given to embellishing, of course, as you know. But uh, <laughs> I kind of felt uh, kind of like it was no sit Sunday. I mean, I went outside uh, twenty minutes, but just a few minutes before they they let everybody in the doors, and the I mean, the lines were uh, you know it reminded me of that game back in 2014 that everything going on in the haymarket and yep. the place was packed. Yes, it was just jam packed and. Uh, Man, what a what a game and what a season, right? Yeah, I think first of all, I think the uh, the nice weather and the Sunday five thirty p.m. tip are conducive uh, yeah. <laughs> to to that kind of crowd, and hopefully the weather sticks around. We get the same thing next week, so that's uh, that, that's good too. My, my question for you, uh, Ken, is I'm just kind of curious. You know, you've been through so many of these seasons. Um, you've been through a few good ones, including that one in 2013, 2014. I guess, how does this run that Nebraska's on right now compare to what you remember from that 2013-2014 season, which is really the last time, you know, we were, I guess, to some degree, the the year Nebraska got left out, but that was really the last time we were this serious about the NCAA tournament. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's kind of like I said, you know, it's, you have you you have a great meal, and if it's the most recent great meal, it's the best meal you ever had, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. but it really feels like that to me. I mean, I, right right before the end of the broadcast, we were in a commercial break, and Jake was doing something, and I was just looking around, taking it all in, and we got back on the air, and I said, Jake, I almost, you know, hate to say this because, I'll, you know, people will think, you, you certainly there are better things that have happened to you in this life, but I said, Jake, I think I am, I am, I am the happiest I've ever been at this very minute. I mean that's just how I felt, and 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 I really mean that. I mean uh, this is this has had every little nuance in terms of a you know a great story this season, um, and it continues to unfold. You know with these, we the, the way it's developed and the expectations before the season, and you know Fred's first four years, and he puts this team together and. Nobody thinks that this could happen, you know, especially you want to go back to that loss, that only loss at home this year. Yeah. And think about what people were thinking after that and then at Minnesota. Uh, 
but yeah, I mean, I could go on for an hour here talking yeah. about. Yeah, I'm going to ask you kind of in in, res- in response to what you just talked about. Like, I, I think we, so many of us, l- love hearing you do these calls because you're we can hear you're emotionally invested the way that we are, and we like that. Um, I, and and it, I, I don't. Has that always been that way for you, uh, or is yep. it? Has it always with with everything that you've called that kind of emotional investment and and happiness that goes along with the success of these teams? Absolutely. From the very first game uh, a few years ago, quite a few years ago, (laughs) football and basketball. Yeah, I you know, I grew up with this stuff as a as a little kid like you did, Jack. I mean, I I don't know when you started going to games, but I, I was born in Lincoln and. You know, Pershing Elementary and Robin Mickle Junior High and Lincoln Northeast, and and uh, from the beginning as a as a as a you know seven eight nine year old, it was all about the Rockets, and then it was about the Huskers, and I had I had the same emotional investment uh, right and from those years all the way through. You know, all of a sudden, I find myself in the press box at Memorial Stadium calling these games, and I and and in Lincoln at the Coliseum calling Nebraska basketball. And you know, it was um, I. I just knew right away what my job was and is is to, you know, as adequately as I possibly can describe exactly what's happening on the floor, but do it with the same emotion that the fans are feeling in the arena or in the stadium, so that. You know that whole those two things combined give you an experience as a listener where you kind of see it in your mind's eye and you feel it as if you're sitting in in the arena or in the stadium. And so that's not you know that's uh, it's not shtick. It's just it just comes from the soul. You know, it comes from from deep inside. And and it's just been such a treat to be able to do it all these years. I can't tell you. Well, Kent, I've got to tell you, especially on a number of games this year. Where you've had some of those upsets at home over the the big seeds, a number one, a number six, and from I'm in the arena, I know what it feels like there. But when I go back and I listen to your call, you do such a good job of I have all that those same goosebumps listening to you that I had when I was in the arena. I appreciate you saying that. Um, it's just. Uh... It's 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 not hard. I mean, I might I might drop dead, but I mean, it's not hard. To do. <laughs> Let's hope not, especially especially for the next few months. Uh, yeah, with uh, with for sure. Until after the tournament. Yeah, I mean, uh, listen, I would like it to be a lot lot farther in the future, but definitely definitely that far. If there's one thing uh, I hear, guys, can I inter- interject? Go ahead. A second? I want to tell you, uh, on the pregame, Jake and I were talking, and I I said right before tip-off, I said, Jake, here's another thing to think about. In my opinion, the winner of this game, uh, you're looking at the coach of the year, whoever wins. Oh, good call. Ben Johnson or Fred Hoiberg. And, I I mean, that, that, that is a literal slam dunk right now this morning. Yeah. I'm curious how you look at this fan base, this Nebraska basketball fan base. And I'm going to get to eventually this year in the tournament, all those things. But I got you here on the phone. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. This this Nebraska ball fan base is a unique one, isn't it? There's not been there's not been a lot. Of, and I'm I've been a part of it since 1986, uh, since the early years of Danny Nee, since Bill Jackman, since T. Buchanan, since those guys. That's when I got into this. But but what? It's a unique fan base in that there hasn't been a lot of payback, but there's still 
a level, kind of a level of unique passion that I don't think you're, you probably see in college basketball programs or college football programs that haven't had that much success. What, yeah, what are your thoughts I mean, on that? Absolutely. Um, there's a lot, of, a lot of angles to that, what you're talking about. I think that in a nutshell, what it's about is kind of similar to back in the day um, in the late 70s and the 80s with football. You know, Nebraska was a good team, a really good team. But, uh, you know, inevitably it seemed for a long time, you, you, you know, you get to the end of the year and you get beat by Oklahoma and then you lose in the bowl game. And the, and the fan base experienced this kind of collective uh, force behind the team or buy-in with the team where, you know, we're all trying to get to the top of the mountain and we just almost get there, but we don't get there. And then the football culminates in another national championship, three and four years, you know, and I was in the booth for two of those. And so the emotional payoff at the end, I mean, we're, we're there for the emotional payoff and we feel and we grind and we run and we jump and we, you know, sweat and bleed with the team as they're trying to get to the top of the mountain. And that's what's happening with basketball right now, you know? And, um, and people can, like I said, few weeks ago i mean you can feel it you can you can taste it you know you you can smell it from here it's it's just uh it's just that close to being a reality and you know i i think there's a connection between the fan base at nebraska for football and basketball and i'll, I'll not speak for other sports but uh, i can for those two where the, the you know there is a there's a feeling that goes both ways from the fans to the team from the team to the fans and both sides of that equation are, are cognizant of that, but it's kind of an unconscious thing that's going on, and that's what makes it special, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, no, yeah, for sure, it does, and I've I've lived it too, so I I, I know what you're you're saying about that. Let's talk about let's talk about this team. Um, the the thing that is so there's a couple of things about this team that are interesting to me, Kent, that I've seen this year that I feel like I haven't seen even in some of the good years in the past. And I'm curious what you think. Number one, I'll be looking at, I'll be watching a game. Last night was another example. This happened at home also against Michigan State and Ohio State and Indiana where I'm watching the game and I feel like Nebraska's playing, you know, well, okay, maybe is the right word. And I look up the scoreboard and they're up by 15 and I don't expect that. I don't remember doing that in previous years. Like that, I don't know what that what that is exactly, Ken. And I don't know if you've had that experience, but for me, that is something that sets this this team apart. And it probably has to do with the the diversity of talent. And you know, Casey can have an off night like he did, and you've got enough supporting cast that people are picking up the slack. And it doesn't feel like the game is going super well because your superstars or or your perceived stars are not having a huge game. But you've got a whole bunch of other guys who are. I'm not sure. I can't quite put my finger on it, but wonder if you've you've noticed that too. Yeah, I, I guess I know what you're talking about. I mean, I think part of that that is that, um, you know, you've got guys that are capable, and and then when whoever's going to step up, the, the rest of the guys are willing to get him the ball, mm-hmm. you know, in every in every instance. You know, the first half at Indiana, it was Casey. Second half, it was, it was, it was Jamarcus. Uh, Ohio mm-hmm. State at home, it was Rink, you know, um, Williams has had some some extraordinary games where they you know he was feeling it it was going in and they found him same with Wiltshire and on and on it goes and then you've got you got a guy like like Sam Hoiberg who you know that 
that each each one of those players brings a unique, different yes. element to the equation, and mm-hmm. it all mixes together, and we all get mesmerized by it. I think yeah. when the ball's not going down, the thing that's happening is that they blocked in defensively uh, so so beautifully this year. You know, I mean, they were challenged a little bit a couple about a month ago, where I don't think they were as tough physically as they have to be every game. But boy, they've turned that around. And yeah. let me just say this too: the coaching on this team has been uh, a, a, a remarkable thing to see. I mean, that defense Nate Lenzer has put together is, uh, you know, is a, um, you know, just intrinsically. I don't think people enjoy or appreciate defense as much as offense. But mm-hmm. uh, it was uh, great last night. It yeah. was great last night. You know. Um, Beeline on the Big Ten Network. I don't know if you caught this or I not. Did. He was talking about the fact that what makes them so good, and I thought he put it really well, is that they're so good defensively that each guy can guard his guy and doesn't need help, and and therefore you don't have to you don't have to double. Sometimes you elect to double, but you don't have to double. And when you don't have to double, you don't have to recover, you know, uh, and, and 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 close out in desperation. But they, 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 they are so good defensively. And if the ball's not falling, here's the beautiful thing about this team, in my opinion. Like, and have you, you saw it about 10 times last night where they didn't score in the half court, but they got great shots because they executed. So if the ball's not falling, that's not, you know, that's not the whole story yeah. about whether or not it's a good, uh, you know, they're playing good, well offensively. I mean, I, you can have a good possession and not score because you, you know, you've got the good shot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think Sam Hoiberg's uh, layup rolled around the rim five times. I can't believe that thing didn't fall. You it was paying rent like hanging on the rim. It was incredible. It was incredible. Yeah. To your point about defense and, and rebounding, too, Ken, um, like the rebounding last night was just... I mean, it looked as good as a Hoiberg team's looked rebounding. And I know I don't know that the margin, I think the margin was only six. But I just mean, in terms of the way effort looked, in the terms of, you know, guys like Alec and even Hoiberg sometimes in Mast and Gary getting in there and rebound, I was just impressed with the rebounding. And it's so striking because, can you go back and you think a couple of those road games where things didn't go well this year, I think specifically of Wisconsin and, and Iowa, where it felt like, A, you're giving up offensive rebounds nonstop, and B, you're giving up wide-open three-pointers nonstop in those games. Something's, something seems to have changed since, since those games. And whatever it is, I think it's, it's probably why you're, why you're seeing you know, a streak like you're seeing right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they've developed to the point where this is reality right now, mm-hmm. you know, and um, they know how they have to play with their hair on fire. You know, I love that expression. I use it a lot, uh, you know, without exception on defense every game. And that includes hitting guys, you know, trying to get rebounds, not allowing offensive rebounds. The whole, the whole recipe has got to be pretty much exact for this team because this is not, you know, the most talented team in the, in the world. Right. I mean, they're really good. Don't, don't misunderstand me, but they have to play a certain way as, as Fred says, you know, they play the right way. And when they do, um, here's a dirty little secret. You know, I don't think that anybody appreciates fan base or, or the players themselves, how good they are when they are good. Mm. I mean, we all, we, we have that collective, um, uh, we, we were talking about it a minute ago where you've got 
you got kind of a, an inferiority complex because you haven't gotten to the summit yet in this program, so you don't even trust your own success. You know, you're worried that, oh, well, if I feel good about it, myself or we feel good about ourselves, the, the, the floor may drop out from underneath us, you know. I, I think we're learning to understand and appreciate and to put in pers- the right perspective, um, you know, enjoying the success and having the success work for you instead of being afraid of it. Does that make any sense? Yeah. No, I, it's tr- it's still, it's still a hard mindset even for me. I mean, listen, there's a, there's some level of like fatalism built in to yeah. being a fan. And, you know, I thought, I, th- I remember Tim Miles talking about it, right? The hexing and vexing and, and all of these things. And it's not something that I think we try to do, but you can't fully enjoy success because you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop a little bit. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of a, <laughs> on a personal level for everybody in the world, from the beginning of time, you know, you battle with that as an individual, you know. Yep. People think, well, you know, you got to look at things optimistically, the glass is half full, but I think there's a motivation that comes from, you know, discarding any level of success because I got to get on to the next thing, and if I don't do 100%, yeah. After 100% of the time, then I'm, it's not going to work. And so that there is a payoff for a measure of that mentality, but um, there's got to be room for the other part, too. And I think that that's, what, that's what the, where the joy is with this program right now, with the team and with the players and everybody involved. It's like this, like I said in the, in the end of the broadcast, I, I, I'm, a, I've never, I, I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life at this moment. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. Um, Ohio State coming up. I mean, Kent. The reality is they win this, and the, any bubble talk is over. I think personally, like it's. I think this would this would clinch it, especially with Ohio State going in and and beating Michigan State last night. Now the problem is Ohio State appears to be rejuvenated since last time. Uh, sometimes getting rid of a coach and moving on can do crazy things to a team, as we've seen here a few times. What do you think about that matchup on Thursday night? Well, I I, I think that. That's absolutely spot on, and I think everybody needs to remember that as the game begins and during the pro, you know during its process progress, um, regardless of whether Nebraska's winning or the tight fit game, or if they don't win the game, uh, you can't forget the fact they just beat Purdue and they just won at Michigan State, so they are certainly capable yeah. of beating Nebraska, and that's you know that's the thing you get have some success and you think well. It's just Ohio State, right? No, yeah, they beat Purdue. This would be a huge win, State, yeah. you know. But uh, in the end, since we Nebraska's won four straight, twenty and eight. I mean, what the heck? If we're going to win this one, then we're going to come home and beat Rutgers. And well, are we ever going to lose the game? Well, we are. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can. We'll see. Nope. We'll see. Nope. I'm not ready to commit to that either. Here JP I, said we're never losing again. Here I am talking about fatalism and also trying to talk myself into going unbeaten for the rest of the season. Yeah, very bipolar here with this whole thing <laughs> with with the media. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna win uh, uh, three more, and then they're gonna win the Big Ten yeah. tournament. There you go. And then you know the, the only loss they'll they'll have is in the NCAA tournament. And how deep into the tournament are we going to be when that happens? Uh. Who knows? Who knows? Um, it's been fun. It's and it's going to continue to be fun, Kent. We're going to be uh, looking forward to listening to you on on Thursday night. And Jake out in Columbus, uh, safe travels out there. And we'd love to keep talking to you throughout this run if we can do that. I appreciate it. That'd be great, man. Thanks, yeah. guys. Hey, Kent. Appreciate you. Thanks so much. Talk to you again soon, Kent Pavelka, Husker Sports Network, the voice of Nebraska basketball. Uh, that was awesome. <laughs> Sitting at twenty wins right now. 
Nebraska has gotten to at least 22 five times. Has only once gotten more than 22 wins in a season. Wow. And you are sitting with at least four games left before Crazy. the NCAA tournament. Crazy. Uh, man, that was a blast. That was so fun. He's you, so good. If you missed the beginning of that, especially, go back and check it out on the podcast. Save it to six. All right, we got to wrap up the show after this on KLIN. You're listening to LNK Today with Jack and Friends on 1499.3 KLIN. Just uh, seeing a tweet from Simba who was listening along to the uh, Pavelke interview. He said, uh, he was quoting Pavelke. He said, happiest I've ever been right here in this moment. It's not hard. I might die. And uh, Simba says, Ken Pavelka subconsciously summing up the lifelong Nebraska ball experience perfectly with Caleb and Jack. By the way, I, he, he wanted to, to jump into to some other conversations about uh, the potential for Hoiberg as Big Ten Coach of the Year. Yeah. But what I, what I wanted to say at that time was what I have heard Kent Pavelka say almost as much on a broadcast as he says bangerang is, these guys are going to kill me. Right. He gets that's the post game right. with Jake, and he's like, "Ah, oh, these guys—they're going to kill me." Yeah, that's right. That was that was uh, uh, that was really cool for me being able to talk to uh, Kent. So, growing up listening to him uh, over the years, and I've had a chance to meet him and talk to him lots of times now. But especially in this moment, and just to kind of hear his perspective on things, that was a blast. So, check that out if you didn't get to hear the full podcast at KLI.com. Also, check out the Munch Madness bracket there. Make sure you get yourself to a restaurant to eat before we start voting a week from Wednesday. Find the map there. Find the voting schedule there. It is all there. Everything you need to know to be ready for Munch Madness. We will see you tomorrow. Have a great Monday, everybody. It's 9 o'clock on KLIN Lincoln. Stay cool.